Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. This is the first, in terms of the show, where the guest isn't overseas via a Skype or phone connection or something like that. The guest is right here, sitting next to me, uh, me and Sam. Sam happens to be in Oxford, my hometown, because tomorrow we are going to see Paul McCartney live on the 16th of December. Uh, I will be on Sam's podcast because, of course, Sam does a podcast about Paul McCartney, uh, you know, all about his life, his discography, the various controversies and, and, and B-sides and cold cuts and, you know, whatever. And today, you know, as ever, we look into Metallica. Today, we are talking about Lover Man, the Nick Cave cover that was on uh, Garage Inc. And it's not just myself, of course. It is, you know... My co-host of so many years on the Tom Waits podcast, the first podcast I ever did, Down in the Hole, a podcast that I'm still majorly proud of. Tom Waits is still probably my favourite singer, and in a weird twist of fate, we are... I mean, we were going to speak about Tom Waits anyway, but we are going to speak about Tom Waits today because both Jason and James kind of mentioned Tom Waits in the So What issue around this time when we get a lot of the, you know, the background history on that sort of thing. And, you know, from there, he's been on Alf Badalica before... I've been on his Paul McCartney podcast. I'll be obviously going to be on again when we go to the O2 show tomorrow. Uh, Sam, how's it going, man? Ooh, do you remember down in the hole? Yeah, that was that was four years ago. And in that in, in those four years, you've never done a live podcast with anyone face to face with someone in the room with you. Uh, I've done a few. I've done a few of my battle rap ones with various guys in Oxford. There's a sort of oh, like people come, scene. people come up for a big like stoner session. Like, yeah, 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 just sort of you know what I mean. Those sort of those sort of poets and, and whatever those sort of guys. But um, well, ha- well, have you done an episode with the camera on? That's 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 an interesting. One. Yeah, I, d- I don't really feel obliged to do that. It's I don't weird know. As a podcaster, isn't it? Like, to, to like look at them and yeah. whilst also looking at your notes. Yeah, so, but yeah, um, we are talking about Lover Man. Mm-hmm. I am here because I'm seeing Paul McCartney with with you. Uh, I can't believe it. It's kind of like a life's ambition for me. Uh, I thought, who who would be the one guy who would appreciate this show more than anyone? Uh, all of those people weren't available, so I picked Tom. Mm-hmm. But we are going to have such an amazing time tomorrow. We're going to be doing an, an episode like kind of like a little preamble and a little post show review where we're just going to be essentially re- reviewing Paul McCartney's 2018 Freshen Up tour. Yeah. The set list looks pretty fucking mental, S- doesn't it? Set list oh is incredible. God. It got... starts with a hard day's night and it just gets better from there. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. There's good winks sprinkled in, but I think there's something like 40-odd songs, like 29 in them are Beatles or some sort of ratio like that. It is, you know, outstanding. It's, it's going to be three hours of mostly good material and then wing stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a fantastic night. But not let, let, let's not talk about Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney <laughs> and my Paul McCartney podcast too much. Um, are you aware of Nick Cave? Were you aware of Nick mm-hmm. Cave before this? Because for me, all I knew about Nick Cave was that our mutual uh, friend and my uni flatmate Chris Hicklin was reading Bunny during the last year of mm-hmm. uni, which was Nick mm-hmm. Cave's like fiction novel. But like, obviously, being Tom Waits fans, and this is the, the only the first time I'm going to talk about Tom Waits on this episode. <laughs> obviously, Nick Cave gets compared to Tom Waits. Always, on. yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, this song that uh, we listened to, uh, "Lower Lower Man," is, is a Nick Cave cover. Mm-hmm. And when I went back and researched and looked into the original Nick Cave cover, oh, was I a little bit underwhelmed at that comparison. I like the original cover personally, but no. Well, we're going to get in, into that yeah. when we like talk talk about the song, but yeah, w- did you know much about Nick Cave at all before what? this episode? I mean, there are some rules in life that you find as self-evident truths. Like, normally no one's mom likes The Simpsons. Normally, that's something you can count on. 
yeah. And yeah, there are good. there are Venn diagrams. There are black holes of taste. You can only be into certain people in a way. I find and that's sort of a restrictive thing to say. But I don't find too many Tom Waits, Nick Cave fans. You know, I don't find many Tom Waits, Leonard Cohen fans. You know, I find they have. You know, they have one or the other. Yeah, they like, sort of go in that direction. It's like fans of Shenmue, yeah. But I remember Barney Hoskins. I think it was in the foreword to Low Side of the Road, which is the Bible oh, for uh, Tom Waits scholars. Big BH, just saying. You know, uh, someone like Mark Lewisham. Uh, it's similar in the Beatles field in terms of the scholarship that they've done there. Uh, Low Side of the Road is definitely one of my all-time favorite up there with like Electric Eden by Rob Young and and stuff like that um you know crazy great stuff but he he reminisced in his student days I think something like that he was hanging out with Nick Cave they were like out of their heads or something and Nick Cave was obsessed with Blue Valentine okay he was listening to it a hell of a lot uh I think I said to you recently Red Shoes off that record she sends me Blue Valentine if you don't know that there's something wrong with you if you don't know but again we've veered off into Tom Waits territory but Nick Cave uh, Nick Cave for me personally there are certain elements of him that I absolutely adore his work with Warren Ellis his film school work uh, the assassination of Jesse James especially oh, is, oh, is yeah, a fucking that, outstanding that, yeah. it's not like fuck your fucking you know Thomas Newman sort of shit like I don't give a I don't give a fuck about Des Platt I don't give a fuck about Tree of Life soundtrack I really give a fuck about the Michael road G. soundtrack Michael the G. proposition which is a fantastic John Hillcoat movie. They also scored. I think it was like a double disc. It was called like Lunar, Lunar Map or something. They they, they worked together so well. Also, Warren Ellis has been in the Dirty Free, uh, which are a mind blowing trio uh, that he leads with a guitar and drums as well. So Nick Cave certainly is someone that I respect. He isn't someone that I've really explored so much. I know a good friend of our Chris Hicklin um, adores him. I've often found his songs they run on kind of his adrenaline and charisma. Whereas I think Waits is a much more truncated. Waits songs are quite short, you uh, know. Waits is oddly more accessible, I find, and that's saying something because Waits is one of the, is one of the most uh. in, inaccessible, most difficult to kind of get into our artists ever. Mm. And from like I listen to most of the uh, uh, Let Love In album, and I, I just wasn't that that impressed really. Although when I was listening to this song, I thought, you know what, this and and the Metallica version sounds a bit like the theme tune for. Peaky Blinders, right. and, and then, it, then it turns out that Nick Cave does, yeah, does yeah, the yeah, theme yeah. tune I for mean, Peaky Blinders from from this album, and um, the Bad Seeds, of course, as well. Yes, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, another question, almost for my benefit, more so than your audience. Your audience is probably very, very well read, like my audiences in Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. Garage Inc. is the Metallica obligatory cover album, mm -hmm. and is it the first album with the new bassist? No, no. Is that the one after that? No, there was a cover album that they did. Um, before Justice, okay. um, which kind of had a, a smattering of covers there with Jason debuting on that. Okay. Um, but this one was more established. This one was kind of replaying some of those in a modern context and also new covers thrown into the mix as well, such oh. as this. And this is a really daring one, really. Like when you look at a lot of the influences on Garage Inc., they're mostly, you know, new wave of British heavy metal, yeah. that sort of riffage. You know, there's a lot of kind of similar things you can find in Killamore, especially, and the, the antecedents there. But here, take it from Nick Cave, take it from a recent release. Well, yeah, you know what? It's interesting that it is so recent because when you said garaging, I was like, okay, this is going to be like Aussie era stuff, pre Killamore era, pre Talica, sure. if you will. And then this came out only four years prior. That's right. Um, obviously, the let love in. Yeah, but apparently, uh, garaging is made up of several different recording sessions. That's right. And this is the nineteen ninety eight recording mm -hmm. session that we're talking about here, four years after the Let Love In album. Um, it, I guess the 
the Let Love In Nick Cave and the Bad Seas version is kind of like a cod mockery of conventional love songs. I, I prefer the chorus. Like I know, we, I know, we haven't really got into the metallic one, but I, I find it quite enigmatic. The Let Love In chorus, I find it more effective and a bit more endearing. And I think it's Nick Cave's fault, really, because Metallica are just tracing his shapes on this song. But my problem, really, with Lover Man is it's quite long. There's no real instrumental interlude. It kind of relies on the chorus to carry it through, which has Kirk doing some interesting stuff mm. with the war. Um, but, but, but yeah, as a song, I maybe prefer the Nick Cave version. But, but no, the Metallica version. I think James, especially, is 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 relishing this role. You know, this kind of southern gothic idea. Well, for me, quite distinctly, when I went and listened to the Nick Cave version after I listened to the Metallica version first, obviously that kind of soils any kind of freshness sure, that, sure. that Nick Cave will ever have. But for me, quite distinctly, I was like, oh, okay, I immediately like the, the, the Metallica one more so. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot tighter. And and, and, and even though the uh, like Cave version does have some quite uh, interesting weighty and ending cacophonies and everything, all those ringing bells and garbled yells and, you know, yeah. foreboding atmosphere and, and stuff like that. But... For me, this felt, and obviously um, being a Paul McCartney, I, I, this is the only comparison I can I, I, I can use. This, to me, feels like the Guns N' Roses version of Live and Let Die, whereby the fans are just going to have to concede here that the cover is just better. It wow. just reinterprets the song in a new, fresh way and just leaves the original in the dust. The, uh-huh. Like I say, the instrumentation is tight. Hetfield's vocals are much more enjoyable to listen to and understandable, as are the backing vocals. How much love? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, and like there's a wonderfully cheesy edge to it. The chorus is executed in a far more gratifying way, and like mm. I mean, I could just go on. It would be just this side by side comparison of, yeah. of like my own, of my own biases. But I think the key factor with the Metallica cover, and that you know this 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 kind of sounds a little bit a little bit dorky, but what they do is that they they come out with a more badass, satisfying and accessibly palatable song where they kind of it, it, it almost goes to the point whereby the Nick Cave version almost feels like they're the cover version with the more avant-garde take on this hard-ass rocker okay, that, yeah, yeah. That, that Metallica put out sure. and like you, you know, and you know what's funny as well sorry just to interrupt yeah. Reload had a song called Bad Seed mm. it's like hello influences <laughs> but but <laughs> nods no, but no you're right and I think what it does, but what the Garage Inc. does as well, is that it casts the band in these different shapes. And I think oh, a do, lot... They, they play it impeccably. They really do. Oh. They really do. The stealthy bass, the how much longer, as you say, that is kind of ringing in the ear. This sort of chain beast, this anima, this subconscious, the, the how much longer kind of pulsing in Cantry. Uh, the acronym detail as well. What did you make of that sort of spelling lover man? Well, dude, the, the, the thing that I immediately thought of... Uh, and like you know, despite my best trying to you know put my best podcasting hat on, mm. all I could think of was you know when Ross is on that double date with uh, Rachel and Joey when they just first start going out, right. and Ross is like, "L is for life, and what is life without love?" But it, but it gets respelt as well, so we get R for yeah, rape, but we yeah. also get it for render as well no, um, as it plays it's, through. Uh, it's the worst part of the song for me. <laughs> I, I I don't mind it actually, and it shows a side to Nick Cave that could perhaps ring true with. Tom Waits acolytes as well this you know someone who relishes in the spoken word and how things are spelt and expressed and you know, you know. what acronyms have been ruined for me ever since the Tom Waits press conference video <laughs> that, that's that's fire though I mean using a constellation to track your to track your movements across America yeah 
and Pesca Jumba. Pesca Jumba is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, Dogs though. What was the um ac- the acronym in RE? I can't remember what it was. I remember being a child in primary school and Ryan actually our friend. Um, we Who had to write. Did a... what episode? Uh, we did battery together. Yeah, you did battery. Um, we 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 had to do an acrostic poem, so we had the word Christmas, and you would just write a little <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone. Little word, and for tea, he used the word tis, which I thought was great. So uh, tis. yeah, <laughs> which I guess is a I guess a Christmas. Word. But yeah, the the base here is snake like, uh, you know, like a metronome. An elegant lead guitar as well, kind of slides across with a lot of fervor. It's quite effortless the whole the whole thing. And it? gusto, yeah, and the, the you know the languishment and the heaving chorus as well. It's a real powerful proposition. And as I say, the issue is for me that you're getting into like the fourth chorus of this thing, and there hasn't really been a. A breakdown, you know, there hasn't really been something convincing in terms of the instrument. It's a little bit repetitive. Um, isn't that Nick Cave's problem? Not I suppose so. I suppose he does have long songs. And as I say, it's the instrumentalist of him that I really do admire. Um, you know, I think he's absolutely incredible. And the song does have a have a spookiness. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's stealthy. I'm not sure if you've, if you've discussed this with other Garage Inc. songs yet, but like, is it like these are their favourite songs or do they go to an artist and find the most Metallica-esque song to adapt? Mm-hmm. Like, are there other songs in Nick Cave's discography that you might know that would be a better suit for a, a, a Metallica cover? Maybe we should ask Chris. Yeah, yeah. The problem is we, I mean, I, I myself, as I say, don't really know his fancy career that well or the birthday party. I think this is solo career. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get in touch with MetallicaPod.gmail.com. Get in touch with me as well, at MetallicaPod, Patreons there, iTunes, all that sort of stuff. Nick Cave, actually, uh, talking about Love Man, said, Love Man, quote, was a song we almost didn't do because it seemed like a very weak idea at the time of recording. It was supposed to be just a throwaway song about desire. I was squirming about how banal it was. I changed the whole atmosphere. So the guy who's telling the story is weak and dysfunctional. I put in the bits where I spell out Love Man. It was a great surprise to everyone. It's surprisingly lame, but yes. <laughs> Can, uh, can we just talk about the other Tom Waits thing related so, to Garage Inc, please? So, so there is a big Tom Waits thing related to Garage Inc, as Sam mentions, because um, Dennis, Dennis Muriav, who I've had on the show before, we did Hardwired, mm-hmm. um, he's a good friend of the show, and he lent me, or should I say he's provided copies of me, of So What. So I get to go through the whole archive of So What. So I was doing research for the episode, went on the Garage Inc issue, which is like mm. volume five, issue five, or something like that. It was like the Christmas issue. And they have all these Garage Inc. interviews. And they actually talk a little about Love Man as well. So James says uh, why they picked the song. Probably because of the same vibe, I guess, that everyone else leaned towards the Love Man thing. Because the chorus is so abrasive, which is a oh, good it's thing. It's a good Hetfield like, chorus. Love Man! <laughs> <laughs> like, it allows him to like use his fucking vowels well, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like a, a good Hetfield song needs a vowel or an N. Mm-hmm. Nah! <laughs> Man, nah! You know, and oh, it just works so well. You know, one of the great things about um, Metallica at this time as well, James and Jason, I mean, they still are uh, huge Waits fans. Giant fans oh, yes. of Tom Waits. <laughs> yes. um, and uh, yeah, he gets mentioned in So What, which is pretty cool. So basically, Jason is asked, like, is there anyone else they wanted to cover that they didn't get a chance to cover? And he said, I mentioned artists, no titles. Tom Waits was my first choice. <gasps> 16 shells from a 30 yes. six. Oh, what a great choice. Mm, great song off Swordfish. 16 shells from a 30 6 <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have been cool. Some of the older stuff off Rain Dogs too. All artists in name and I never mentioned Songrise. Inside a broken clock. Mm. What would you hear of Rain Dogs? 
And down your head for Saroa. And then you for me. But, uh, yeah, and they basically say, I'm surprised Tom Waits. I'm surprised Tom Waits didn't fly. And he says, me too. But the Nick Cave thing came together. Real world, he says. So, um, I don't really know what he means by that. Well, it, having a Nick Cave cover and a Tom Waits cover on the same album is probably going to dilute mm-hmm. the kind of variety you're going to have. Yeah. yeah. So, it, they, they're kind of. To people who don't know the difference be, 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 between Nick Cave and Tom Waits, they sound the same. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. To the, yeah, to, to the layman. But yeah, honestly, if the quality of the covers are this high on the rest of Garaging, then I must say I am sold. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've been able to, to come on to this ep- episode and, and talk positively about a song because it, it didn't go down too well. The last, time I came on. the last episode you were on was Hated, if which, I'm which was. You and came Justice on for, for And Justice for All, which the I think was the track, yeah. eighth episode. And a lot of people say you didn't like get Metallica and stuff in the Even comments. Though, I, I love the song and it's in like it's it's on my Spotify most played of 2018. I spoke about the song before, and the main riff of the song and the sort of you know the anchor of the song is is incredible. You know, I absolutely adore that riff and that progression. But it is a bit too long. I it know. is a bit too long, and the central idea, the melodic breakdown that say something like a master hands or a change like sanitarium, like it just kind of repeats the opening heavier and it, that for me isn't very satisfying. It's a little tedious. Um, I don't really respect where the song goes. So that was my opinion then, that's my opinion now. But it will be cool to go back and listen to old episodes because we've been doing the show for so fucking long now. I think we're on like 85, 86 or something we around We were young men doing fucking Tom Waits though. That was, yeah. that was scary. So, yeah. Those are some wild days and we will be back doing Tom Waits. And at some point and then we're going to do another one after so that. we'll I mean I guess we'll announce it now but I'm, there's no definitive it's not a real date. announcement it's like no. you know when like you know, Spielberg would say oh we're developing a Jurassic Park film sure, in like 2006 sure. and it's like it doesn't come out until fucking 2016 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to look at the band Talking Heads oh, possibly the most exciting band that I've gotten into in the past year mm. mostly off, off, off your dad's recommendation <laughs> right. just, just because of like my desire for a strong male figure to like take the interest in my life <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh my gosh what a run of fucking fantastic albums um, the only other band we could do in the rock uh, it, uh, kind of genre would be System of Down System of Down would be good yeah but that would also include Danny and Ryan to a much greater degree as well yeah I wouldn't want to that's the problem I wouldn't want to do every too single many, song too, and too it's many like... cooks in that in that idea we'd yeah, like, it, kind of leave someone by the, by, by the wayside it'd be good to do that as like a, almost like a mini project just like okay we'll do an album every month or something there's like six albums or we have like a weekend off in Aspen and we just do the whole fucking thing <laughs> This this marathon of just going through, but that's the beauty of these episodes. I can't do mesmerized to terror. I've got to sleep, man. I've got to sleep. But it's like when we did the Waits episode, and like you do Paul McCartney and whatever, and I do this. It's like you listen to it a lot, and sometimes it's almost like two or day, two or three days after the episode, it really gets stuck in my head. Like it just kind of lingers with me. But um, there's nothing worse than when the moment you put an episode out, and then you like completely reverse your opinion on a song. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's, out, it's out there forever now and I love it that's what future episodes are for but um, more content more content but I want to say again uh, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode again go check out Sam's podcast Paul so, or Nothing yeah um, my, my podcast is called Paul or Nothing I look at the, the entire discography history videography everything of mm-hmm. Paul McCartney literally 
anything you want to know about the guy I do hit me up on Twitter which is at McCartneyPod drop us an email at PaulMcCartneyPod at gmail.com and check out the blog which is at WordPress uh, which is www.wordpress uh, no which is www.paulmccartypod.wordpress.com mm-hmm. uh, check all of that shit out Tom will put links down below because he's a very kind soul yep. I'm a main guy we've been mm-hmm. doing this for fucking years yeah and it hasn't gone badly this kind of sharing screens live thing no quite, no quite, it's quite, been quite. fun it's been different yeah um, it's, it's interesting to see how poorly spelt your notes are as well uh, and and it's probably uh, shown you how much I write the exact things I say. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know everyone does it differently. And I, and I will say genuinely, obviously you are my friend and whatever. But Paul or Nothing is an excellent podcast. Like you know I do really really enjoy the show. So if you do dig Paul McCartney in any certain way, there are fucking loads of Beatles podcasts. And me and Sam always laugh about this funny story in the world of Beatle podcasting. So there's this Beatles podcast that I think I mentioned before on the show called Something About the Beatles with Richard Buskin and Robert Rodriguez. Now, Richard Buskin is, like, best mates with Mark Lewisham and, like, he's a very respected uh, music critic, like, real big Beatlehead. Um, Robert Rodriguez as well, written books, wrote a book on, like, Revolver, the history of Revolver, and, like, again, really cool... Not Robert Rodriguez, the director of Robert No, 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 he's an American, Uh, he's a Brit. Anyway, the episodes were good, like, they covered loads of cool topics I'd never even thought about. It was, oh, the Beatles and the BBC and... The the Beatles and comedy! Yeah, 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 and the Beatles and, like, um, you know, just all the TV shows they were on and shit like that. George and Ringo's relationship. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. So go back, listen to them. But anyway, they had a split... They fucking fell out, and they don't do podcasts anymore. They do separate ones. But I think what what was quite healthy for us is that we had a like an amicable McCartney Lennon split. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh well, luckily around the time we're coming to the end of down in the hole, we want to start doing different things. But I think in the way that Lennon had already recorded live stuff with the Plastic Ono band before the Beatles had split up, you'd already started Battle Rap Resume before sure. Down in the Hole had ended. Sure. Uh, but now we've, we've kind of been apart for several years now. It's, it's, it's kind of over, overdue, really. We've kind of co- uh, cameoed on each other's podcast yes. a lot. Tom did my uh, McCartney 2 episode. He also did um, he also Wings Over America. Mm-hmm. Um, um, any American li- listen to us out there will know of the album Wings Over America. It was a giant fucking sensation over there. Wings and Paul McCartney are oddly more respected in America than he is in fucking England, his, mm-hmm. his, his home country, but whatever. And you were on uh, Wings Over America... He did not like that album <laughs> at all, calling no. McCartney Cod Pub Rock, if I, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh, and coincidentally, uh, the, the file got lost. <laughs> the file got lost. You and, deleted and, that episode. And, and, and it had to be recorded. No, no. I was, too, I was, I was honestly too critical, but yeah, I really didn't enjoy it. And then came for McCartney 2, and then we did come on to me, and I don't know, and you're going to do one of the um, one of the fireman episodes, I think. Yes, and I want to do another... Uh, McCartney album as well. Yeah, like in like the late nineties or like Driving Rain or something like. That. Driving Rain would be good. Driving Rain would be good. Is that the Game Boy? It one? was actually shot on a watch. The album covers like this grainy photo of Paul in the rain, but it's actually shot on like a small late nineties watch camera, and it's his first post Linda album. It has like Long Road on it, and yeah, it's pretty good. The proportion we've spent in this episode talking about Lover Man's been about forty sixty. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's balance it a little bit more. But no, honestly, it is just quite repetitive. I feel. Lover Man. You know, that's not to say that Kirk's guitar. His wah. It's very I disappear. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's very it's very vocal. You know, it feels like a chorus of unjust cries. And I think it complements things very well. 
and the band do get into that, you know, heavy, soft arena so effortlessly with this song. And this is a cool song for them to cover. Really, anything that was released around that time on Megaforce or whatever, they can do. They can nail those riffs. But something a little bit more out the territory, something that came out when, you know, they were on the fucking Black Album tour and shit like that. Something that tested them. Um, it was cool to see Love Man up there. And again, me and you will be over the moon if this is a fucking Tom Waits song. And I think it's really cool they covered such an iconic artist like Nick. Um, you know, gave him his due and the band seeds. And, you know, it's a really, really nice thing here. But, um, yeah, the backwash, as I say, of Kurt's guitar is fantastic. And let us know down below what do you think mm. of Lover Man. And as I say, we've got some cool episodes coming up on the show as well. We've got Low Man's Lyric which is next week, and then Mama Said, those have already been recorded, so if you want to listen to them right now, they're on the Patreon, I'll put oh, the cool, link cool. down below, if you want to go support, you can listen to them right now, we've got Manonkai Master, um, as a season to the new year, their memory remains, so we've got some Episode nice things. 108 Overkill, who's Swag Puppet? <laughs> <laughs> Shout Swag, so Sam's looking at the uh, fabled Alphatalga spreadsheet. Sam, yourself, man, anything to promote? Um, so, um, I've already kind of mentioned my own, my own podcast, mm-hmm. all the, all the post, post links down down below. Essentially, I've come back from a, like a big three-month hiatus, and there's just so much poor or nothing content on, sure. on the horizon. Film reviews, album reviews, live show reviews. There's going to be our fucking episode that's going to be yeah. recorded tomorrow. I'm not sure who, who out of you and me is going to edit it, but we're going to have it up within the week. Our, our review of... Paul McCartney's 2018 Freshen Up Tour, December 16th, 2018. We're going to be in London trying to find a single Paul McCartney fan who has even remotely heard of my podcast. Just, <laughs> just, 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 just to rub my tiny, shriveled ego. But yeah, it's going to be a fantastic time. I can't. This is Christmas come early for me. And we're going to be screaming like little girls in the 60s and we'll have to be terrified policemen, I think. <laughs> Our piss will run down the aisles. I believe that's what happened in Brighton. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Quite, quite slippery, those stairs. So please follow the show at Battle Rap Resume. As I say, patreon.com forward slash Battle Rap Resume. Um, and Alphatalica is, of course, there as well if you want to support this show. Um, anyway, you do want to show support on the iTunes League review, anything like that. We'll be back in the future to cover those episodes. Um, yeah, get in contact if you want to come on the show as well. We've got some stuff available, you know, in quite a little while, but if you want to book your place on the show, um, let me know, and I'll tell you what's available. Sam, thanks again, sir. Thank you, Tom. It's going to be a fucking fantastic time we're going to have tomorrow. Great, a great episode yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, was good. Go on, Paul or Nothing as well. Check out our review. Our, our, of McCartney 2. Our recap of uh, McCartney 2, and of course, when we saw McCartney at the O2 as well uh, oh, tomorrow. The uh, who knows December. what we're going to say? I mean, yeah. we, we already know the set list. We've kind of spoiled it somewhat, but well, all the songs are fucking classic. Songs are crazy. So yeah, this is Tom and Sam. Thanks again. ta